Phantom House. It's the place for podcasts. Welcome to the living room. Please make yourself at home. This week, I spoke with tutors. But before that, here's our ad. The Living Room is supported by Lauren Records, the little SoCal record label that could. Lauren Records has released so many of her favorite bands, from Walter Etc. to Lear, some Vacation, Shinobu, and even the best fest to come out of American Legion Hall in Highland Park. They're the place to go for all your favorite DIY records, merch, and apparel. Dudes, we love Lauren Records, so go online to lauren-records.com and buy something. Buy the new Katie Ellen album. Buy the new Walter Etc. album. I liked both of those a whole lot. So go buy them for yourself. Get some vinyl for you. Uh, Buy a shirt. Buy a pin. Buy whatever you want. Buy a thing. But make sure to use the offer code LIVINGROOM for 10% off your first purchase. Again, that is offer code LIVINGROOM, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase at lauren-records.com. So the tutors were great. We chatted about finding the right people for your band playing messy music, and if their students know they're in a band. You can find the music online at tutors1.bagcamp.com. Make sure you put the one in there, because otherwise you get a different band. So listen up, dudes, and let's go. Testing! Testing! (laughs) (laughs) So like... Expedia.com. I can't just over and over. I don't. I mean, yeah, you can, so you can pull a book and know, just start just reading read. it loudly. Ah! <laughs> ah! You're good. good. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, so you can just start with the song, okay. and then we'll we'll chat.
Introduce yourselves and what you play and the band, please. <laughs> uh, my name is Marcus. I play guitar and sing. Uh, that's David. He plays bass <laughs> and he's a damn fine looking guy. Thank you, Chris. That's Chris speaking. He's the drummer and he's also pretty good to look at. Oh, and I feel left out. Marcus is hot too. <laughs> okay, that's better. And we're tutors from Long Beach and Los Angeles. Great. Uh, so how did you all meet and end up in this band together? We'll start there. Um, I have the best memory, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's true. I met both of them at separate times. Uh, he used to meet my boss one time. at a You're Center. pointing on a podcast, Marcus. Helping her out. All right. Um, <laughs> Chris used to meet my, my boss at Turing Center in uh, Southwest College, and we would talk music all the time. And I remember... The first day we met, I was wearing a Descendants t-shirt, and you were like... So it got you good. the job. Yeah. 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 I guess what got me paid for the yeah. most part. And I met David through uh, grad school. Like, we had the same program. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll confirm that. You dissed me at some point. It was this. a very small diss, but I... It was a diss. It. it was still a diss. <laughs> I did... I've never heard this story. I'd like a little more detail, no? please. Well, I God, the, like it was a, a class. Was it like an S? Like it was a. It was a Patty's class. It was a Patty. So it was like a late immersion class, whatever. And we're reading stuff, and we're like sharing essays that we wrote, like personal essays that we wrote. And he's like, "Hey, I read that day." Marcus comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I really liked your essay. What you read?" And I'm like, "Oh, thank you. I really liked yours too." And yeah. apparently. I didn't read that day, <laughs> so it was like so it was just like oh. an empty compliment. And I yeah. didn't mean it like to be rude. Well, to like, me, oh, it me was like, oh, thanks, Plubby, and, and then you walk away. <laughs> but uh, and, but and I was like literally like, okay, fuck David for like four months. <laughs> yeah, he didn't talk to me. It was yeah. a Hollywood move. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I'm like, oh, I was probably just I don't know, yeah. tired. But no, then we talked about like ceremony or something like that at some yeah. point, and then we became friends. Reignited the yeah. flame, and then like a year later, um, our friend Kevin. Uh, I'll say his name, like Kevin Parker, not Tim Paula, Kevin Parker, but like a guy we know <laughs> named Kevin Parker. Uh, he wanted to start a band because he was like a guitarist and restless in grad school. So me and him jammed for a while. And then I told him, oh, I think uh, David plays bass. So I brought David in. And then uh, Kevin actually asked Chris to play drums with us. And I was afraid to ask Chris because like, I was like, he's my boss. Yeah, well, I was going to judge your playing very harshly and you know, yeah, yeah. it'll come up in your quarterly reviews and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got together and we started playing and uh, Kevin left for Sacramento mm-hmm. or Vacaville, whatever, because he hates us. And uh, <laughs> then we just kept going and then we just have this thing now. So cool. that's more or less the important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was it actually a thing with like having your boss in your band or was it, were you actually like friends by that point? We didn't know each other that well yeah. when we yeah. first started playing together. I mean, like I can, I was friendly with you guys, but yeah. mostly Marcus because we had like the same taste in music. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, and because actually at that point I was more friends with Kevin yeah. because I was, you know, I didn't notice that you guys were cooler than Kevin yet. So <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little odd, I guess, at first, but mm. that that was over pretty quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, like because uh, I knew you played. Like it was like. We talk about playing instruments a lot and being in bands, and it was like a lot of like, oh, I play drums, I play guitar, cool. 
and then never ever jam together and never ever do yeah. anything with yeah. it. Um, that happens. Yeah. And then like, I think at the drive-in was a thing that we talked about once and I was like, they're my favorite band. And you were like, I saw them when the Inkazuna came out and I was like, my boss is the coolest boss <laughs> ever. But well, I can't jam with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> He intimidates me too. His wife is like, was my boss also. Kind of is still. Mm-hmm. We so were like, yeah. <laughs> like, because where she works, like I work under, like, the, like in a position, you know, that's that she used to have. So, mm-hmm. but uh, he's always, I know, but he's always kind of intimidated me, and I've told him that before. But you like, did? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little vulnerable. Like here. I'd be I feel extra like sharp I'm... coming to practices at the very beginning, like, mm-hmm. oh, Chris is gonna be there, you know. But oh, I don't okay, know. that kind of thing. But it was a good thing. It was a good intimidation. It wasn't like I hate this guy. No, after you start, but now stop we're working at the lab, you, you stop scaring me completely. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I, I think I like David's answer a little better. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when did you? When did you? Was there a moment when you realized that like you guys were friends? Then, like, was there like a like oh we're we're not just coworkers anymore, and now we're in this band because we like each other. For me, it was when like he started talking about like other like bands, like just random obscure like hardcore bands or like screamo bands that either I've never heard of or heard of whatever. But it's just like, oh, okay, like because I was used to just hearing him either not really talk to anybody there or just like talk about work. So <laughs> yeah. like hearing him like talk about stuff like that, I was like, oh, cool, like because you know he has a very. I think you have a very good wealth of knowledge when it comes to like old like the old screamo bands. So it was like cool to like hear this. Like, yes, yeah, somebody else likes the music I'm into. So that's when I knew, like, okay, he's pretty cool, and maybe we, yeah, he's cool. Like, I'm not so scared of him anymore, but I'm still kind of scared of him. This is like the the Chris appreciation hour. I know this <laughs> is really weird. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm sorry. Chris. It came up. I didn't know you another th- another great thing about Chris. We need um, therapy clearly because we're just like going in. We're just like going in. Yeah. Like, and then he also, like, insults me sometimes. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he beats... No, uh, I remember, like, the last... Because you were only our supervisor for, like, a year. And, like, towards the end of that year, uh, you just come talk to, like, I think me and Jennifer in the back about, like, books and stuff. And through talking about, like, literature and music, it just slowly... The friendship thing started to, I guess, seep in more and more. And then you started working out Camino. And I was like, okay, so he's not my boss anymore. So yeah. he's got to be something else. Like, I'll just stick him as friend for now. <laughs> Um, and then the the first time we're all like in the room together was the first time I felt like we were like not coworkers or like yeah mm, okay. um, peers anymore. We're like a band, you know. Even though it was like, a really weird day, because mm-hmm. uh, like, it was that day like you. Like I was circling around Kevin's place for like an oh, hour. Oh yeah, you were super oh, yeah. pissed, dude. I was, I was like, "Oh, Marcus is way more He's intense feeling. than I thought he was." Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Damn, was like a friend Kevin, he lived at um, what was like uh, the ocean and. Alameda's cross uh, crossing in Long Beach, where there's like absolutely no parking anywhere. Yes. Like, for miles. miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the cars I are permanent fixtures. Um, street. I listened to like an album in the car twice in the amount of time I was like Ooh, trying to look for yeah, parking. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Jesus. And I, I parked like on Fourth Street. He lives like on lived, lived on Ocean or Broadway or something like that. So I just I marched all the way to his apartment. I was like, "Fucking, or let's just get this done." Then with whatever, what are we doing today? And this, yeah, yeah this, not a good yeah. way to start. Yeah, this isn't even yeah. a real band. Like yeah. we're all mad. Like, yeah. what am I yeah. doing wasting my time? <laughs> Machine and, yeah. um, but then, like, we started. No, we just hashed our ideas, and I remember we showed Kevin like a GT Allen video. <laughs> oh yeah, we we really freaked out Kevin a little bit, which was a lot of fun because yeah, then right. David and I would talk about like you know black metal bands or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, we talked about like GG Allen and mm. stuff like that. He'd never heard Minor Thread either, which was hmm. which yeah. was very disappointing. I mean, it's one of but, the reasons I don't like him anymore. Right. He. <laughs> but we like we started off. The only thing we played when we like actually played in a room together was like Fugazi's Waiting Room, and that was Kevin's idea. So it gave him that much of a credit. That was his crossover. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
That was his punk. So, I can appreciate that. that was a yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. <laughs> it was the I thing where you all got together and it, like, it, that's what improved your mood. Yeah. 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 That's, that's usually good. what happens too. like, uh, Every practice we have the the past like few months too, because of like work and stuff, one of us comes to the practice and it's just like the the shittiest mood yeah. ever. <laughs> Always and during practice, we we'll just get like in a better mood or just like happier or whatever. And it's like the, being together and being in a band just helps that. That's a good sign. Yeah. yeah, that means something's working. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> yeah, the band doesn't cause stress generally speaking. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Or maybe at all. I'm not sure. I didn't think <laughs> that through. But I no, I don't think it does. I think I pretty much. Manageable stress. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Stress. yeah. Usually self-imposed stress. Like, oh god, I didn't make enough time to go to practice, so it's not ever like the I'm band the lyrics. Just, no. I'm not good yeah. enough. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. More about yourself rather yeah. than the group. Exactly. <laughs> so it's nice. Cool. Uh, so when did you all start playing as individuals? And like, when did you pick up your instrument or decide I want to do music? When did that happen? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Go for it. Uh, a long time ago, about 23 years ago, maybe. Um, I My friend and I uh, were really into, like, uh, <laughs> Motley Crue and... Uh, <laughs> loser. Yeah. I don't, well, I was a loser. That's shameful, you know. But I got to I gotta be vulnerable. I got to admit it here. We really liked Motley Crue and Pearl Jam. And uh, it was right before we heard Green Day. So we decided to start a band. But my friend Garrett, <laughs> he's not going to listen, so it's all right. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he and this other dude who, were, who both like had guitars, I was like, oh, well, you guys go pl- both play guitar, I'll play drums. And he's like, you know, we thought maybe you'd be like the guy that just like helps us set up. <laughs> what? And so I was like, you sons of bitches. What? I was so mad. I went out and I was like, mom, you have to buy me a drum set. And... Uh, because I knew that if I had a drum set, I would be the drummer. Yeah. Wait because... a second. They said, okay, so you offered to drum for them, yeah. which they didn't have a drummer yet. No. And they said, no, we just want you to help. So they they wanted me wow. to be the roadie. Wow. Right? Wow. We were, like, we were in like sixth grade. So, um, and I was furious and I went home like sobbing, like, you know, choking it in, walking home like, you know. Um, but... Yeah, and I told my mom, you have to buy me a drum set or else I'm running away. Or something like that. And uh, and she said, okay, we're going to the pawn shop. And they had a drum set for 100 bucks, And it was a piece of shit. And it was awesome. Mm. And I started playing. And I learned pretty quick just because I felt like, you know, my, my whole musical experience is like revenge, you know. Uh, I'll be like, I'll teach you who can be a roadie or whatever. And, uh, and so I started playing. I never really took lessons, um, which is why I still have trouble with like some kind of simple drum shit but uh yeah and then i've been playing in bands straight from then that was like 1994 or 95 one of the one of those years so one of the golden years yeah <laughs> and then i was in like you know and we and we ended up doing like you know pop punk bands and punk bands i was in a ska band once for a while and then hardcore and like post hardcore whatever and then this band and that's the story that's it right there Please don't destroy the. I know. Don't destroy the gear. You want to go? Yeah. um, I started playing music probably in, no, definitely in like 11th grade. That's when I wasn't playing any instruments. I was just like a singer with some death metal band, a severing demise, actually. Um, That was fun. Did that for a few years. Didn't really play instruments, just was vocals. And then after I 
was like a junior in college, I started listening to different music because at first it was just like death metal and black metal and just thrash and stuff. And then I started listening to more punk, maybe just other stuff. And I uh, started playing in punk bands primarily with like people I was living with, stuff like that. What was uh, different for you when, because you were listening mostly to metal and then yeah. you heard punk. What was what was it that was different for you at, that like at stood first, out? Yeah, at first I hated how like um, gritty it sounded. It was weird. Like at first, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, because I was so used to overproduced ass like death mm-hmm. metal and just like, like 808s or whatever the hell goes in. And I was just so used to that. It was ingrained in me. And then hearing, I don't know if it was like rudimentary peni or if it was probably the first, when I bought like the Minor Threat, like the, the seven inch, like their first EP. Um, that's when I was like, this is dope. The vocals sound tight and it does sound gritty, but that's tight. It's almost like because I was listening to different genres, I could like appreciate different pedals yeah. now. I didn't just need like a metal zone pedal. Like, where's the crunch? It's all I want on double kicks. Like it was more, it was, there was more to it now. So it was, it was minor threat and like rudimentary that kind of like transferred me over. And it was always around me. I was always like rejecting it. Like, no, fuck punk. It's too crappy. Like it doesn't sound good enough. And then I just kind of switched. Like this sounds fantastic. Yeah. And then I started, I've had a guitar since like, um, senior year, just like acoustic, and I never really like played it. But I started picking. I picked up bass like three years ago with uh, my other band. Four years ago with my other band, and then I've been playing it with this band and trying to get better for them because I think they're amazing musicians. David, you're yeah. great. Thanks, Bill. Were you? You said it was eleventh grade when you started mm-hmm. playing guitar. Yeah, I played instruments probably since third grade. Like I always played trumpet. Um, I played cello for like two seconds, which I quit because this dude that I could not stand was like following me instrument to instrument and he like got on a cello i'm like dude do you even like playing cello so i quit and played clarinet after that which is kind of weird weird transition <laughs> he but, was a um, cello poser yeah exactly but i was i thought i was gonna be good i put like two weeks but then i played clarinet and then i played trumpet and then i played sports and just kind of played video games for a while i didn't really play instruments and then i got a guitar like 11th grade i got an acoustic again Mostly because all my friends who I was in bands with, who are, they were quitting and they were just selling all their gear. Mm. So like, it, it used to be like me going over someone's house and there was a guitar there, like them playing and like us drinking or whatever. And then it was turning into just like everyone just drinking, like oh we don't play in a band anymore and we just work. It's like okay, so I got a guitar, I tried to learn. I was pretty bad for a long time and just really started practicing over the past like probably five or six years, like actually practicing playing, trying to learn how to play guitar, not yeah. just like you know, bear claw and. Eagles. It it fell it it fell into your lap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. Well, if that guy just want to be your friend, like the the guy following on the cello and the I know. I always think now I don't. Yeah. Like at that older, age, I start you're thinking like of like elementary people. school. I'm like, why was I so mean to that guy? Like I should have been nicer to him. Whatever. You make weird assumptions when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't think about other things too. When you're just like, I'm just being harmless. I'm just being funny. Mm-hmm. And then later, you're like, what did I do? But. Yeah, because you don't have any perception in, of anyone but yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Eric, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. When I was nine, I don't know why my mom. Well, she went to she went to Tijuana uh, for like a day trip, and she asked me to do, if I wanted anything, and I was like, "Bring me a guitar." And then uh, <laughs> I was like, "She's not gonna bring me a guitar." And then she brought back like a fucking like dollar like bought from a guy walking down the street guitar <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like oh you called my bluff i gotta learn this thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and i tried playing it for like a month but i just video games and stuff got in the way of that but a couple years later um it's like christmas time she asked me what i wanted and that was again i said a guitar an electric guitar this time because at this point i was like really into like music like all kinds of music um i remember 
really into Green Day and Nirvana when I was like 11 and 12. So Sounds I was like, about yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> as like all millennials. Really. Um, and so she, again, she called my bluff. She got uh, like a Squire Strat. And uh, this time I took it a little bit more seriously, but like not super serious. But then I went to my friend Diego's house who like he was super into playing guitar and that kind of thing. So and he loved metal. So he, I go to his house and like he's play like these like Megadeth riffs and stuff, and I was like, "That's so cool! I want to do that one day." And so I started taking it more seriously, and um, like over time, I got you know better at it. And throughout this, uh, you know, throughout middle school too, I was in orchestra and um, marching band and jazz band for like a minute. So I was just like always playing something, so I couldn't escape it. Uh, in orchestra, they gave me like the big stand-up bass too because i was like the tallest kid and the fattest kid so like they gave me that too. They're like, you can <laughs> handle this you can play you a can tall fat this. instrument <laughs> yeah uh so i've always been like on some string in- instrument for a while or for as long as i remember and i tried being in bands when i was like 15 or 16 like i started with my friend giovanni who was at the time good at, at playing drums because uh, i had never met a drummer other than him so uh he would play the, the standard like beat like ta, ta, and i'd be like yeah you, you're you're the shit and so we played <laughs> and I remember we played this one like three hour session in his backyard and i was like playing this other like this weird stuff and he was like he just kept playing the one beat like ta, and i was like could you, could you speed up and he was like okay do ta, do ta, do. okay never mind I just same beat it's fine whatever <laughs> so um i change i was like okay i need to find like the perfect people then or whatever so I never was in a band for like longer than like a month because I was just so like, I need to find like perfection or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I think it was around the, like, I think it was around the time I met Daniel actually, that I was actually, uh, Daniel Spear from Struck Out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we'll get to that eventually. But, uh, <laughs> and I was in that band for like a few months and then, um, just started hopping around, joining other friends' bands for like a minute and then eventually landed here that feels like home mm. you know feels like this is the perf- perfection air quotes you can't see me that i was looking for so yeah i'm not sure if i answered your question you did or okay. i guess well what what was it about this band that was it just like the type of music you play in this um, band that feels correct or is it something else it was the i think the camaraderie and the the fact that we're all like kind of in tune to what we want to do uh with instruments you know um Wait, wait, we have one song that MRI showed Chris the riff once, and he immediately started playing drums the way I imagened it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is yeah, great. Happens this a lot. is good," you know. Um, and that just happens like like almost all of our, all of our songs, except yeah. when, except the last time where I had a freak out because I couldn't get a, a guitar riff down. But other than that, <laughs> um, I think I gave him too many beers that day. One, <laughs> I don't know. It was one too many. One too one many. Too many. Yeah, I had a recent practice. Like I had like, I had, like this, this meltdown. I don't know why. Like I couldn't get like a a good riff down for a song they brought in. And I just was just like, it started off like, come on, Marcus, just do this. And it, it evolved into like, your dad never loved you or some shit like that. <laughs> so, it, it, other than that happening every now and again, like we just click in a way that I haven't fully experienced before. Mm. So that's been really nice. Yeah, I w- people. Of all the bands that I talk to, the people talk about that when they meet those people that just they're so in tune with mm-hmm. in their writing and what their taste is, and it just all all of the music just comes so easily. Like it's like starting a sentence and then they finish it for you, right. and it just always feels like that every time that they come together. And I'm wondering if there's like a word for this because people always talk about this phenomenon, and I've no one's ever 
been able to pin down exactly what it means, but everyone comes up with it when they're like, yeah, these are the right people. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like you just met the right. Right. Yeah. We've said multiple times too that if one of us leaves the band, we'll probably just stop being this band. Yeah. In honesty. Yeah. Well, that happens with every band, I feel. Any respectable band. <laughs> yeah. <there's> Even <laughs> though some of my favorite bands have like new members all the time. Yeah. But, but then it's a, usually it's a different yeah, exactly. band even. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. don't make the same type of music with yeah. a yeah. different person. Something something changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Cool. Can you guys play another song, please? Yes, we can. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you want to do Peach Creek?
We knocked over a box, I think, with the Did sound. You? Uh, that one just fell over, like, right now. Oh. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's not important. Uh, so when you're writing songs in this band, where does it usually start, slash who does it usually start with? Uh, all of us, at some point, bringing something in. Uh, it's, it's different, uh, depending on who brings something in. Um, like, I'll bring in, like, full, like, complete songs every now and again because i'm a control freak kind of but um which is good huh i said which is good well like let's let's, song. let's not get ahead of ish, ourselves david ish. we can we can discuss <laughs> marcus's moral future in the band um like, i'll bring in like full on stuff like full lyrics and stuff like that uh chris will bring in like parts like for all of us but they're kind of like not as connected and you like kind of have his like yeah I, I just have a couple ideas and then i think you guys can make something cool like after or before or whatever usually it, works out pretty well yeah yeah it does or my favorite songs to play are like stuff that you bring in mm-hmm. that are just like pieces of songs definitely and david will you bring in like a riff uh that will turn into like a nine minute song somehow uh, <laughs> with the help of my main droogs of course but yeah usually it's like a riff very rarely i'll bring in like a minute long song like hey i wrote a whole song but usually it's like, I have a cool riff that I think would sound good, and then they make it sound awesome. Like, finishing our sentences, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys are always, I'm always like, yes, those are the drums I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. what I wanted you to do mm-hmm. in lead. Yes, I wanted that randomness. Thank you. Like, the the first song we played was like a riff that you you brought in once. Like, randomly. It was like, do, 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 do. And I was like, all you had. Oh, that's a different one. Oh, you're talking I mean, like, the first one That was also Marcus, though. I mean, that was also David. Yeah, also your guys' like. Yeah, because you're just like fucking around with the bass, and I was like, do that again. And then we just made it a full song. Because, yeah. Which is cool. It's fun. Yeah. So it's whoever brings in something, and then we'll just like try to turn into something big. We forget that we have riffs a lot. Like, we'll record stuff, and then we'll send it to each other, but then we'll just kind of forget that's there. What do you mean? Like, um, What's one song that you brought oh, in? To, to make a long story short, we have, if we counted all the songs we could, you know, polish off and record, we have mm-hmm. like 40 or 50. Yeah. yeah. Like but we random. only play a little less than half of that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just because we're kind of busy, though, too. We're extremely busy. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot of mental space to contemplate, like, new stuff during the week and, and shit like that, mm-hmm. so... Like, uh, I'll have like a riff and we'll play it and we'll like it, or you'll bring in a song and we'll practice it and get it down kind of nicely yeah. and record like, you know, a cheesy demo with one mic or whatever. And it sounds fine and it's cool and we want to work on it. But then the next time we're playing, we have other things on our mind and it just mm-hmm. slips yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. You're all, it sounds like you're all very busy because of mm. the nature of the jobs you all have yeah. teaching. Yeah. Cause that takes a lot of time from you. Cause you got to. A lot of time. <laughs> do you gotta you gotta be outside of yourself very often? Oh yeah, like I think for me anyway, like, this is like the only thing I really do outside of teaching is like this mm-hmm. and teach, and then back to this, and then back to teaching. So it doesn't really leave a whole lot, but there's a nice escape, if anything. So yeah, it it sounds like it fits into your life into a place where like oh I can just relax yeah. for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're allowed to be angry, and you're allowed to yell yeah. "fuck" and stuff like that. I mean, you could yeah. in class too. Yeah, but, you're allowed yeah. to. <laughs> you're but allowed it would to. Be yeah, reprimanded might, might not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> eh, depends. But. Yeah, it also sounds like um, you have you you end up with very long songs, or at least very full songs, and then you go through them and edit them down to some degree. Uh, Is that? correct am i wrong sometimes maybe i'm sorry to say that you're wrong on this one 
just because <laughs> because we have like usually we're just adding stuff we almost never do we ever scrap anything i don't i think you might there have pinpointed some, a weakness a to our van condensed, but yeah it usually is like it'll be short and then we just like oh yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but like and then you we'll like fucking again we're like no i have oh. this, I, this other riff and then sometimes that's when I'm like remember that run thing that one thing we recorded like two months ago let's try to slap that on this puppy and then like yeah. it'll end up being like added to that riff mm-hmm. whatever you're gonna say that, i'm sorry no no it was um because like we we have a lot of like short 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 songs, um, and there's so, like when we first started playing like, when Kevin was in the band, like we there's one riff you brought in that we would jam on for like ten minutes or so yeah. that we just never did anything with, mm-hmm. and um, the first 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 recording of Peach Creek that we have is like eight minutes long, and we just like shave that down to like two. Or really? So. Yeah. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You usually are. Yeah, I'm le- I know. Well, I'm learning all sorts of new stuff about you guys that I've never heard before. So this is this uh, is exciting. This is like therapy. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, then there's one riff you brought in, like Parasomnia. Like that was literally four notes mm-hmm. that you brought in that we turned into like an eight minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Depends on our mood on how we write mm. songs. Like yeah. sometimes we piece stuff together. Sometimes we have like a full thing that we want to share. Um. We've been trying to be more organized. Uh, I've been like sending itinerary uh, via email to to the guys. That's like okay. So at like eight fifteen, we start practicing these songs, and at eight thirty, <laughs> we start doing this. And blah, blah. Totally uh, a teacher move. I know. I know. <laughs> totally a teacher move. Uh, it's all these track guys. It helps. It really yeah. does. You need yeah. someone to schedule. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, that's. I might be wrong in this. No, you're you're about you're about right. You get the gist of it. Yeah. Maybe I guess what I'm hearing is songs that allow for uh, a lot of like longer jammy parts. I guess mm-hmm. where like you're just kind of making sounds where if you're I guess you're unf- more unfamiliar with the song, it just sounds like you might just be having fun with it in the middle. At least, or at least that's how it started at some point, and then yeah. it became a part of the song. Yeah, that's that's that happens a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and. I'm also saying that because from I'm f- more familiar with your playing style, I guess, Marcus. Since mm. when I first started getting into music, you were one of the first musicians I actually saw mm. play live. Yeah, which is interesting for me. That's but, weird to hear. Yeah, but it's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. So a lot of how I interpret music is was filtered through you, I guess. And like I was, I remember when I was first seeing shows, I was like, "Oh, like he's just going for it." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of yeah like i didn't realize how impromptu it could be mm-hmm. or at least feel and then i was like oh that is like a thing people do yeah like yeah, it's part and, of our song yeah all yeah. the songs are really messy too so like if we if we fuck up at all like no one ever notices so sometimes except no. for brandon except for- from drago what's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so brandon yeah a, yeah yeah tangent i guess there's a guy uh from a band that we play with uh, we used to play with often um who really liked us he was, like the first guy <laughs> to tell us that he liked us which was kind of nice um and he would come to our shows even when he wasn't playing with us but we play at bars a lot so he would be there waiting for us for hours and like you know chugging for hours so he would watch us like drunk and just like, in between sets like fuck yeah dude everyone, like, <laughs> everyone yeah, else is like yeah. just like politely clapping and um like <laughs> what was like at the the first prospect prospect show this year like in between sets he was like hey play some new shit yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> he's paying attention I yeah know. exactly <laughs> but then after the show he just like tore us down for whatever reason like he, well uh, which is a- cool but weird you're like what He's really a cool dude, but yeah, yeah he was like, nice you know what? You're like maybe the weak link of the band, but <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. are great. 
Like, yeah, he, he had weird <laughs> critiques for all of us. Like, yeah, he told me I was the weak link. Um, no, no. <laughs> he he said uh, Chris's man tits were showing. Yeah, <laughs> and which so they might be now. I don't know, but no, you look. Yeah, they great. look lovely. You could just you could just pretend you don't see. <laughs> and I, I, he said something about David. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but I remember like I was on a high Missy after the set, and then he talked to us, and I was like, "Wow, I guess we suck." <laughs> oh. I didn't know this. But that's just one person. Yeah. <laughs> that's just one person who hasn't had no effect on us at all. Yeah. But yeah. no, nah, he, he's a cool guy, though. No, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He's like a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. Um, and ev- eventually he was like, all, th- all three of you guys are great. And I was like, thank you. Could have heard that before, but thank you now. You know? <laughs> and Drago's dope, so. Yeah. I'm not mind. sure if they're a band anymore. Yeah, but they used to be at least, so I didn't mind his opinion. Oh, you know who didn't like us was uh, the sound guy at the Prospector. Oh, really? He, I mean, he wasn't like mad. He's just like, yeah, I don't like that kind of music. Hmm. I overheard that one. Yeah. The, one <laughs> the one with the Foo Fighters tattoo on his. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> this was a while ago. Goes my hero. How <laughs> about like uh, the the bartender dude was like, yeah, you guys should come back like all the time. Yeah, he then, he liked us. Yeah, so yeah, so that's pretty nice to hear. Yeah, um, you asked something completely different. I did. On this tangent. No, I allowed <laughs> Sorry it. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I was, I was. You got to the point that I was asking about though. Mm-hmm. Was that your songs are messier? Yeah, and that yeah. is a preference you guys have. Why is that your preference? Um, we could do fun stuff with it. Um, one of our shorter songs, uh, like eviction notice, like we can. It's like a minute long. But we jam on it sometimes. We add that middle part once to it, and oh, yeah. it just makes it more fun to just kind of play with a song that's already done. Just kind of like add to whatever piece of art you've already accomplished. You know, just mm-hmm. kind of like adding stuff, taking stuff away. So it makes it feel like you can always play with it, no matter yeah. what. You know, get bored with it. Yeah, at the time we get bored with it. I don't know about you guys. No, definitely. I feel like kind of like we were speak- talking about earlier, how we bring sometimes just like one riff or whatever. Mm. Like a lot of the times, a lot of the messy parts come out of like us just like, all right, let's play that new riff and then just jam afterwards, right? Yeah. And then we're just jamming for a little while. And then like it gets to something that's really cool. We're like, but let's keep the jam part, like that really messy, like weird part that we had too. Because mm-hmm. because of that, because we're building it really organically a lot of the times. Um, but uh, I had another point. But point is, like that's why a lot of the jam parts happen, and maybe it'll come back to me. I just forgot what I was going to say. Like you had that part in that one song that you tried to fit in, and it wasn't working like at all. But we pulled it out. And we turned it to White Lash. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. So so parts will you know transition from one song to a different song sometimes, oh, or start yeah. a new song and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember what I was going to say. I think another part, another reason that things sometimes end up messy or just like kind of weird and very. Not necessarily bad, but just like it's, they start off weird and end up somewhere pretty cool. It's because all of us like will force each other to like come up with something. Mm. And this is the first band that I've ever been in that it's been like that. Like, come up with a riff. And sometimes like I would come up with something like with some other band, and they're just like, yeah, it's too simple. And it's like, okay, well then let's let's practice with something you had, right? But and this this is the first band, and not that all these songs have made it all the way to the like the chopping block or whatever, or through the chopping block. But like some of the songs, like I'll make a riff, we'll make a song, and it's like we'll make an actual song off of some random like little riff that I made. And it like I don't know, it encouraged me mm-hmm. to want to get better. You know what I'm saying? It also encouraged me to like start like contributing more to the band like to the music making process because i was always like bass I, I like singing let me just you know keep I'll, I'll make i'll come up with a riff eventually or whatever but like it's cool to actually think like all right well this could be a show not showcased but this could be like a riff that we actually use like a main part of the song so make it good yeah it was and the then, understanding that 
your contribution could is actually was actually like effective yeah. and like exactly Imagine. could be taken to a place where like this is integral to mm-hmm. the song and, and if i sound. played something that he thought would sound better on guitar you'd be like i'm actually gonna play this on guitar you let's come up with something else for you it's like cool all right that's the riff mm-hmm. i wanted anyways so then it would switch like that so it's pretty nice what is it what do you, i know what you mean when you say like maybe this like the thing you came up with would sound be- better on another instrument but like if that's something that happens what is that conversation like i guess like, yeah is oh, it it's uh i'm like yeah that's that's what it's like <laughs> it's just it's usually like in practice like either i'll be recommending it i have a, you know I, a lot of self-loathing going on here so a lot of times i'm like this might be a bad riff uh this might not even be something i should be playing like maybe it's too chorusy or something maybe you should be playing it so i'm always already doing that like cutting things down but if it ever happens like it's up to him like oh i think this would sound better on guitar it's just as simple as him just being like hey like that sounds like a pretty good like thing i could be like messing with on the guitar over here like what if you play like something lower a little bit more like you know in harmony with it or not maybe like something in contrast to it but like it's never any like oh well that was like my baby and maybe because i'm usually cutting things down like i I shouldn't be i know but like i'm always cutting things down so i'm like yeah yeah, good idea like try it try messing with it like maybe it'll sound better that way and it doesn't usually sound better per se but it sounds fantastic when you know it ends up going through the the machine the tutor's machine it's nice hearing you talk about like music like this because well, beforehand it was just like oh yeah yeah ceremony's cool or like whatever we talked about before but now it's like dude i'm trying to buy this guitar i look at this pedal you think it's good <laughs> yeah it's been fun um like apparently i remember you like messaged daniel and like ask him like oh is this pedal good or is yeah it i joined like a <laughs> bass forum on facebook i'm like wow i'm like actually yeah. playing bass because i swear <laughs> previous bands i was borrowing a bass i should have brought it i was playing a borrowed bass for like Why? three years because I never sounds... took it serious. I was just like, I, I sing. They want me to play bass. See, but that sounds harder, though. I know. And it's It pointless. sounds harder to it's borrow It's more stressful. And it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, not really devoting myself to it. So, definitely live and learn. But, and it is. It's like, can I use your stuff? Can I use your rig? I was using his friend's rig at our first, like, seven shows. Yeah. I'm like, uh, can I go pick up your bass rig from your friend? Because I don't have my own. But, um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's been fantastic, like, having people to, like, actually talk about gear with and stuff like that on another tangent but just like hey dude like is this good it is okay cool (laughs) it's not just me looking on reverb or like amazon or something did you get serious about it because you felt like you were actually like impacting the band like is that was that just like something you hadn't had before i feel like not to slant any of my other bands because i think every band that i've ever been in i've loved but like i feel like this is the first band kind of we were talking about like that super like um um super like everyone had a complete contribution factor kind of like everyone had the same amount of influence on what happened in the band. Like that really open, like it made me more involved with the band. Like I, I've always loved the bands that I, I, that I used to be in, but it was always like, Oh, I only sing. So all I have to worry about is either writing the lyrics or just memorizing the ones that like my guitarist wrote or something like that. So this is the first time that it wasn't just about partying, which is cool. Cause they don't really, they like, like, you know, they party a little bit, but they don't like, it's not like we rage every single time we practice. We're boring is what they You're not boring, but it's not like we're over there just like smoking blunts, <laughs> drinking forties, like all every practice. So it's tight. Like we're actually playing music and it, it feels good to like be contributing, make yeah. badass songs at the end of it and then be like, cool. And then get drunk afterwards. Party, party bands will burn you out anyway. And they, yeah, they always do. <laughs> then you end up like not like it's not partying as much, and then the songs get weaker. And then yeah. you're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't really like you as much as I thought I did. Yeah. That kind of thing. But well, it's like when people quit doing heroin, they're just not as good. Yeah, it's like, dude, <laughs> you like showing them the needle. You're like, are you sure? Yeah. You sure? No, okay, well. we could use that drum solo right now. All right, whatever, yeah. fine. Get out. You're out of the band. <laughs> Go to rehab. No, stay away from rehab, and then come back. <laughs> I do not advocate heroin use at all, by the way. That's just a bad joke. 
Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a bad joke. Just a yeah. bit. <laughs> I, I took a dark turn, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so I guess I also I still I'm still curious about the messiness of this band because mm. it sounds like you like you like that because of like how it allows you to to play yeah. and like do weirder make weirder sounds. Mm. Is it also because you're kind of like fighting against like the cleanness of a lot of music you may be hearing or that's fair it's like that's definitely probably like a sub, like the subtext to what we like to do because uh, I don't like we like really like grimy produce like terribly produced music a lot like whenever chris and i talk in the car about you know like music it was like oh listen to this and it's like a lo-fi like post-hardcore band and i'm like this is amazing this sounds great <laughs> and um yeah especially those you tattoos. Know, if you're into like punk from the 70s and 80s nothing sounds good in terms <laughs> of like uh the production or stuff like that um I mean, I you know, and then there's bands that like, yeah, you could say like, oh, what about uh, what's that damn British band that everyone likes but isn't? I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't say this. It's, <laughs> a, it's a beloved band that punk people really like. It's not the Sex Pistols. It's the other one. Uh, the you know, know. this is oh my gosh. See, I'm this shows me I'm getting old. It's terrible. They do. Uh, the should who? I stay or should I go? Yeah, the, oh, the Clash. Yeah, the Clash. Oh, the Clash. So, like, oh, the, yeah. the Clash is, like, really okay well produced, but that's the because they're not, not actually a punk band. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think a lot of, even Minor Threat, which is, you know, pretty well known and popular, their records sound really sort of tinny and stuff, but mm. not in a way that's, or at least not to me, that's frustrating. It sounds in a way more like it's like, well, this is exactly what it needed to be. It's a really straightforward. Yeah. And a lot of punk bands are like that, where it's not—it's sophisticated in terms of like attitude and stuff like that. But it's not about you know being amazing musicians or having really really well thought out lyrics. Mm. It's about delivering something really straightforward and really uh, pissed off and not thinking too hard about it. Now, granted, you know we think a lot about our music. I don't <laughs> think we're exactly like that, but a little too much. Sometimes. I think that I think that the basic premise is we want to deliver a feeling that feels immediate. Mm. Yeah. And feels like it didn't go through a lot of filters and it didn't go through a lot of like, oh, let's get every part 100% perfect. Also, because like I said, I never took lessons. So mm. I actually like can't play to a click and my timing's definitely not perfect. I think it works, but mm. um, I think that adds a little character that, you know, and it's it's always just basically since the time I was like 13 or 14, if it's on the radio, I just hated it yeah. instantly, which is not fair because I'm sure there's good <laughs> stuff. But um yeah, I don't know. I guess, and it's not that people take music too seriously, and that's the problem. It's almost like they're not taking it seriously enough. Mm. Like they're treating it like entertainment, or they're treating it just like a production, or just like a performance, mm. and not like some sort of personal thing. It's like with a with a really well produced album, it feels as though the band's putting like like you said the entertainment value or like the uh, the pristine. Uh, ahead of the actual art of doing it and ahead of like their actual like passion or feeling for it like they're the whole like okay this this song represents whatever uh superseded by the like all right this song it has to be played on you know kiss fm at this fidelity or whatever you know and when well there's a lot of bands i i may probably listen to that are like super produced or whatever but i i don't know i prefer the you know passion over production uh sound uh, chris like you just said does too um so that does play a bit into the messiness that we like um and 
and not to call us out but being a bit <laughs> critical about that uh right before we released our album we were like all freaking out about like this doesn't sound perfect enough this sounds like out of tune this sounds too crunchy where's the bass blah blah we need to produce this more we need to record this but then it's just like we have it out now everyone we uh, we've shown it to has been like oh this sounds fine I'm like, okay, you didn't notice any of our mistakes. Cool. <laughs> Moving on to bigger, better things. Um, so, I don't know. Messiness is nice, at least for this band. It's mm. been working. So. It also sounds like maybe this is heady, but like you want the message to be reflected in the medium. Like, yeah. You want what you're saying to also be like just as clear and direct to the listener as like, yeah. 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 Oh, you're getting it. Good job. <laughs> yeah, organic unity, Harold Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back. Do you ever try to make songs that you that like aren't like Marcus songs or aren't Chris songs or aren't like David songs? Do you ever like try to write songs that aren't things you think you would normally write? I try to, or I guess I attempt to. Um I was telling them recently that uh before and after practice, I, li- I like to listen to like anything that's not a post-hardcore band, just mm-hmm. to try to bring more ideas in. Mm-hmm. Um, like Chris uh, suggested we, we cover Superbad by James Brown. Oh yeah, and that was so fun to do. It was really practice. Fun. Like it, it forced us to like play differently. Yeah, James yeah. Brown knows what's up. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like it, it always ends up sounding like what we normally sound like. Well, that's but... the nature of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. creation. But the idea of like, okay, we we pulled this from a James Brown song and not like a like like a Drive Like J Who song or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, that's like it. it what does that break down us. to? Like, like specifically, what does that sound like? I guess like the... what's what's the kind of thing you would you you would make when you're like trying to go outside of the things you're more directly referencing. Hmm. Mm. Uh, well, uh, you know, if we're covering a a song or trying to mess around with a riff that's from like a different style of music or something, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of it, part of what turns it, you know, it still reverts to a sort of Tudor-Z t- type thing yeah. because of the equipment we're playing on and because of the styles that we sort of know how to play too. Because I can mess around and like play something that sounds funky, but <laughs> it's not going to be what a funk drummer would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And That's it's also true. like, I'm also reacting to Marcus and Marcus is reacting to David and all back and forth. So what we're trying to do is get out of ourselves, but doing that sort of just drags you right back. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, but you're a little further from the center than you were before. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're never going to get all the way away from yourself, but you can get far enough away to where there's kind of something fresh there or there's kind of something uh, exciting to exploit from it. I'm not sure if that answers your question because... You were asking like, how do you do it? I guess. I guess that's still. It, it was still. Songs? It was still thoughtful. Like I, that made me reconsider what I was thinking because it because what you said like how you will make a different choice because the background from which your musical knowledge comes from is different and you'll just fundamentally fundamentally make a different decision because that's just how your brain works is interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, maybe David will play will play a, a bass riff that I'll think okay, power chord won't work here, mm-hmm. so I'll try something with a single note or um like there's one song where chrissy started off playing like a straightforward bass like maybe everything and then you eventually didn't like it and then you switched over to like a more latin sounding um 
Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. It's, it's sort of like a dermal with just some accents and stuff. It makes it sound a little more lively, I guess, maybe. Instead of a less regular, but a little more lively. The accents are on the are on 5 and 8 instead of 4 and 4, mm-hmm. even though it's still in a 4-4 four, four signature. So, yeah. Yeah, Chris uses a lot of like music knowledge that goes over my head and David said. So like when he uses <laughs> I, numbers, I'm like, cool. It's help, it's helping. It's I'm just repeating what I see on YouTube when I'm trying to learn how yeah. to play drums. <laughs> exactly. David, what do you think? About where we end up? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a teacher. He hasn't done his homework and <laughs> we know. To, he has so. to engage yeah. you. Um, I guess for me, I, I'm thinking this whole time that because this is such like a unique experience like in a band like this like being able to because me learning guitar like acoustic guitar is a lot of just like it's acoustic so it's a lot of me just playing like chords and like messing with different chords and playing them different spots on the you know different scales or whatever and it's it's cool like to come up with the riff because usually i'm in bands where it's like something super slow or simple wouldn't transfer over to what we're going to play because it'd be like okay well so how's this going to go to you know, it's like, oh, you're right. I can't really play that. I don't want to play that that fast. Mm-hmm. But like in this band, like I can come with like a weird, like I could be listening to something that is like, I don't know. I don't even know. But like listening to something that's completely different than our genre. And if I bring it, just like a simple, really slow thing, like we'll make it work somewhere. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll go nowhere. But it feels, it's cool like to bring things that I'm just practicing at the house. Like I know certain things not to bring because like I like to keep like certain things separate. Like me and my, like a friend of mine at my house, like we like to play like our, we call ourselves the Backyard Boys. We play some like indie stuff with like our guitars and like our ukulele. So there's things that I mentally separate from like Hmm. bringing to the band because I'm just like, that was a cool riff, but I'm going to keep it on ukulele or I'm going to keep it on my acoustic while he's playing ukulele and then there's stuff that like i make up then i'm like i get to borrow that and like i'll bring it and it ends up being like some weird part like weird ending of a song that turns into like a like super intense part so it's just it's cool i think i don't know how to directly answer your question other than like i try to i'm influenced by a lot of different genres now and it feels good to kind of be able to use that when i'm giving them like uh riffs they're not like that's not what we play you know it's like oh we can work with that let's see so it's fun yeah so you're hiding riffs from us is what I just Yeah, I was. It's not riffs. There's you're no holding out. There's no hidden riffs. If you guys heard yeah. the other songs, you'd be like, oh. These are like the hits riffs. that are going to get us an audience. And, yeah. I know. We're trying to get the K-Rock we're in now. This, Sorry, come on. We're in this for the money. I mean, that's why I agreed to do the podcast. Marcus is like, yeah, we get 600 big ones. There you go. So I'm like, all right, I'll show up and do it. <laughs> I didn't say it was money, but big ones, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, dang, Marcus. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm a married man. <laughs> I'm very mad. Once again, dark turn. Sorry about that. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to practice. <laughs> Can you play another thing, please? Yeah. What do you guys want to play? Uh, you want to play Swan or Eviction? Do Swan? Yeah. And now, I'm sitting with silver fish. I do win all your Akusa effects. Cypher my dreams like stolen gas from a park car in a fuel station Dead like a desert that you Most water is now red You never hillish Those hard loads are running here It's just the halo that you made yourself Fucker! Oh, 
students know you are you guys are in a band no, no i always wonder about that no because <laughs> i had a teacher when i was in high school who told us he was in a band mm. and it wasn't a good band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I, that's what i thought when i was in 11th grade mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, a lot of them assume i'm in a band uh because of tattoos and hair uh, <laughs> and um other than that i just i keep coy about everything just like sticking to the lecture and stuff like that that's how you should be that's a t-shirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> so david yeah. how about the students you invited to our show okay so <laughs> can you give me a chance to explain god all right first of all um i don't bring up my band ever to students maybe past students that i like like certain like like guys i'm like oh you're into music or whoever girl, guys girls if they're into like our kind of music i'm like i don't know if you want to go to show but you know whatever i only do that because one of my favorite bands ever, I know I always bring this up, but like one of my favorite bands ever, 
he was my one of my teachers at Long Beach. So it was like, if you wouldn't have told me that he was in a band, like if you followed that code, I might have never found his band and I would have been pissed. So I don't know. I don't tell everybody. No one, whenever I talk about being or like having been in a band, it's always like in the past. I'm like, when I was in a band in high school, like it's part of a story, like me wanting mm-hmm. to quit school or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's never like, I'm in a band, come look at it, come watch us play this weekend. Do we have credit if you come? Never, ever, <laughs> ever. But yes, I am. I, I am guilty of telling past students like, oh, you're not in my class anymore. You should come to the show. And they're like, what the, what are you doing? So we'll see though. So far it's, it's been okay. No, they've never showed up. So it's fine. Yeah. I, I only did that because like it's a better story than no and no. So, <laughs> um, I actually, I mentioned it once to a class and that's because like my back went out that, that one show and I was like, Aww. like hunched over the whole class and they're like, Mr. Clayton, what's wrong? And I'm like, don't do punk bands anyway. So commas, you know, um, <laughs> Comma splices. You all do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I don't know. I, I try to keep, to keep it to myself. Um, Chris, you? Yeah. Uh, I guess I might tell like previous students sometime. Most of the time, I just feel like I know how they would feel if I said something. Yeah. And it'd be like, I mean, I think our band is tight, but you know, some kid who's like 18, 19 might be like, this is a dad band and this sucks. <laughs> Absolutely. So, first of all, I don't want to get my brittle feelings hurt. Uh, but also I just feel like there's always a weird thing when you're a teacher. Like if you say something offhand like that, they might feel like they really need to suck up to you or something. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be messed up. But you know, if, uh, if I had one that a couple years ago and I talked to him again and brought it up, I feel like it'd be all right. But yeah, mm-hmm. generally speaking, I never do. Yeah. This could sound really snobby too, but like the students that we get don't like music that we like. Yeah, for uh, the most part. Don't like good music. Ask me. Um, <laughs> like a, it's a thing I, I stole from Chris actually. Where like I play the music and they have to like tell me why they like it or don't like it in explicit detail. And um, like I play like a Tupac song and they're like, "Oh, that's that's great because it's like Tupac and whatever." And I'll play like an obscure like because it is great. Yeah, it is yeah, exactly. Uh, but like I play like a like a Black Flag song or like um, any like nineties alternative song i think okay they're like this is on the radio and they're like what, what is this this is gross where's j cole you know and it's okay. <laughs> like where's well, j cole they're just concerned he's like i haven't seen ask. him in a while yeah what's he at exactly and so i'm like you guys wouldn't understand what we're trying to do you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he has his, like he has our cd like in his bag he's like puts it back down yeah. like, never, <laughs> never you mind i'm never in, giving yeah. this out <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> That's what I expected. I just wanted to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they know that I love music, so like I always play stuff in the in the class before they walk in, and like every now and again they're like, "Oh, what's this?" And I'm like, "Marvin Gaye." And other times they just there's on a the phone, they don't care. So I'm like, "All right, whatever. <laughs> Listen to whatever you want." And they will. They will, mm-hmm. and they will suffer for it. <laughs> uh, so what's the best show you guys have ever played, and what's like the weirdest thing that's ever happened at a show you have played at? I don't know what our best show is. I feel like we've had a what lot of shows that show? are very similar. Mm-hmm. And not in a bad way, but just like, you know, similar crowd, similar mm-hmm. sort of place. And every day passes and ah, time yes. marches on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing stands <laughs> on. <laughs> the leaves change, but not us. Um, yeah, I think that was the tone I was going for, too. Sort of fatalistic. Like, <laughs> yes. what's the point? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? For me, it was Rad Coffee. Like, I don't know if that, that was, was like our one. best show. Oh, you played right here? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Red coffee was, was, was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like just the like, energy. Like it's cool to go to venues like that, like Bridgetown and stuff like that. Like where they like people want to be there. You know what I mean? It's not like you're forcing people to go out or whatever. 
And it doesn't feel like that all the time, like in Long Beach or wherever. But a lot of the times you're just playing to like who's ever in the band. I mean, yeah, yeah and other bands, whoever's at the bar and a couple people who might walk in. But out there, it's like people are ready to see a show. Mm -hmm. They're ready to like, even if they don't like you, like they're ready to just like have a good time. And it's like, cool. Like it just felt like a, it was a really good energy. Yeah. And even though I might have messed up, whatever, it was fun as hell. <laughs> I think I remember messing up like one song yeah. pretty bad. That was a but, that was a cool show because people just showed up to that show. Yeah, like, it was like, nice. I've never seen before. Who else um, played at the Red Coffee? That's right? the thing. We, we, um, Alfonso's band and Struck Out played. So oh. Marte and then Struck Out and then us. How fun. So, <laughs> us three. So it was like a nice little yeah. communion of people. Yeah. <laughs> Really nice. um, so that was, that was cool that was, I didn't know they did shows there actually I think that was the only show they ever did there I don't know <laughs> really because <laughs> like they said they were like we're gonna do this monthly and then just I never heard of it, of it again ooh maybe yeah. we ruined it maybe that's kind of yeah. tight though I like that <laughs> we ruined a good thing yeah <laughs> fantastic uh, too loud too punk <laughs> yeah uh, I the last show, uh, another show we played was Struck Out, like back on Tuesday. Uh, I like that show a lot, personally. Yeah. Oh, um, Prospector? Yeah, Prospector. that was really fun. Yeah. And, and that was like more of an us thing. Like, we play, I, we like to like do different set lists, but this is the one time we did like the same one, but we felt like we practiced it so much that we just had it down at this show and everything just clicked the entire time, you know, and that every show like something bad happens like my stuff goes out Inevitably. or like his stuff goes out or like yeah. his stuff goes out like your arms or something my arms <laughs> oh no well i used to have until i spent a little money for the first time in a long time mm. my drum set would fall <laughs> apart every single like show taped together uh, oh yeah. no what do you mean so like the arms on my cymbals would break because <laughs> the tension like the o-rings were gone and stuff like that so like you had to tighten it really tight and even when you did it's only a matter of time before it slips down you have to yeah. do it all over again and uh or the actually it's o-rings again because it was uh <laughs> o-rings on the the part that connects like the tube to the handle or whatever and that was so it would just like swivel it'd be like <laughs> or uh and i also usually play with a tom that's mounted not a floor tom so the mounted part of the tom would like swing back and forth <laughs> so i'd have to like hit a different like it would mm. move position basically yeah, or that helps my bass bad. drum would yeah would move or something yeah. but i bought stuff so the symbols that we got did i replace the one that was like oh yeah and david and marcus bought me these symbols oh yeah uh A little which is gift. very yeah. sexy <laughs> that's what we do yeah yeah um and uh actually in the the prospector show too uh you got to use a real like pedal yeah, board like a real bass ones. pedal board yeah because this little f boost fuzz is a guitar pedal that um that marcus bestowed upon me marcus the king of pedals exactly <laughs> but now it's starting to take a crap around me so i gotta like get an actual bass pedal but yeah i got to use um daniel's dope ass pedal board yeah i didn't use like, all the pedals but it was fun like by force too yeah like. which was kind of, it was just tight i mean he was like you gotta you want to use my pedal board i'm like maybe he's like i'll get it i'm like okay and he's, like, plugged it in. he's like and i'm like i only use a fuzz he's like it's all good you have to use my whole board though i'm like okay but it was awesome because now i know exactly what that i want was nice. that was it was nice. my compression yeah, I, was like, I was like setting my stuff and i look over and like daniel's like carrying his his case and i was like i guess he's setting up already and he's like giving it to david and i was like he probably didn't ask him if he needed it he probably just he did just yes. it. He, he definitely that's asked. absolutely yeah. something that he would do i, I love it I love it. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to have him at shows because he's always like right up front looking at us or like staring at us the entire like, what show. What do you need? And, yeah, uh, he cares dang. about you. I know. He That's cares. why it's, it's nice as opposed to people like in the back like drinking beer or like with their arms crossed. With their arms crossed. I think that's a pretty classic move though because then pissed. you can either like it or not like a band but uh -huh. you don't have to project it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so safe. Then you can, yeah. It's safe. Mm -hmm. Protect you your organs. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And with him it's like he's inspecting us and he approves. You know. Yeah. So. It's always nice. 
What was the other thing? The most the surprising, weird the weirdest oh, yes. thing. The, the weirdest, weirdest thing. Uh, Let's see. You know what? Uh, that dude from the um, what's that place called? Uh, the aging room. Um, oh, the aging room. Yeah. Yeah. Where the it was the black guy and like his wife. He was like super, super drunk. Oh shit! Yes. Oh yeah, I remember that. That I mean, that was before our set, though, right? That was when he like set, when yeah. he like lost his mind and like <laughs> threw so a glass on the wife. ground. Yeah. It was like oh. this like this middle aged um, like black guy and like his I assume his wife and like they're just like sitting at a booth just watching the bands and they're like these like punk bands from early nineties type sound. They were tight. like yeah, like they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, like they look like they own like hot rod cars. I have to say that much and like. Um, <laughs> This guy, like, he was just like yelling at everyone the whole time. I couldn't tell if he was liking the set or yeah, not. Yeah, he was like, like, like "Fuck it? yeah!" And then he started and turned to like, "Fuck you!" And I was like, <laughs> "You or yeah? Like, what do you mean, <laughs> sir?" Yeah, he turned a corner. Yeah, and then like, yeah, he turned a I think it was before our set. He started walking out, and he had a glass, and he was walking like past the band that's playing. He just like fucking just throws it on the floor, and it shatters. Like, yeah, no one did anything for like five <laughs> minutes after that. And did then that happened. Is that part of the show? Yeah. <laughs> And he leaves, and then security starts like walking, like <laughs> leisurely, like to go catch him. And we're like, "Okay, can he come back?" That was kind of cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, um, we've had, I won't say a bad show, but the uh, the other aging room show or like the sewer. Oh well, show. that one we went. I mean, this that isn't weird or anything, but you, when you go on at like one in the morning, yeah. and nobody's no there, it's, yeah. it's tough to care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a special, yeah, special feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one, yeah. that one especially though. Like we had friends come to the show and they left like an hour or two before we went on because we just how late the one o'clock is late. Yeah, it was, well, it was also on a Sunday, Sunday night, yeah, going into Monday, and like I had work the next morning and everything, and I was just like pissed off. And um, I remember that was the first time you started bringing set lists to the the shows. Yeah, and it was like, I like set lists. Like, this is so nice, but it's because so I bought a printer and I just want to use it for everything. I'm yeah. like, I'll print a set list. I'll print three. I'll give them one, too. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> it works. You get yeah. a set list. You get a set list. Yeah. So it's fun. You are. Yeah. 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 So, other than that, like, we haven't had any really horrible yeah. things happen to us. We've been pretty lucky. Like, no one's ever tried to stab us or like no one's stolen our gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause knock on wood. But we are going up north in November, so maybe something kooky will happen while we're yeah. up there. Hopefully, someone will steal something from us. <laughs> no, something not that, but just something yeah. weird. Just kooky. Yeah, just kooky. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of like UFO sightings and stuff in Prineville. So, where we'll play- nor- yeah, where north are you going? Um, Bend, Oregon. Oh, it's on fire. Yeah, right now. Oh, yeah, all of all of they're prepping north, it for us. Yeah, is on fire. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was up there for the eclipse. Oh, cool, oh, nice. It was the most amazing thing I've ever I seen bet. in my life. I bet. I, I didn't think it like was going to be like the color of everything. Probably. Yeah, like- it was because we were in the the dark part, and we were there was twilight all the way around. Where you're standing, yeah, yeah, indescribable. That's craziness. <laughs> cool, nice. nice. Yeah, that I, is awesome. Yeah, I missed it. I didn't see it at all. Yeah, I did the little thing with the paper, with like a little hole in it. The panel. I'm like, there. What? There. It is. Oh no, you, no, you don't look at it. You put it. On no, your you hand. don't look at it. <laughs> you put it on your hand. I almost did. Monica was like, "What do you? Don't look at this." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "You, you put it on your hand." I'm like, "Ah." Uh. <laughs> so she kept me from going blind. Nice. I got a random text from a friend who was like, are you watching the eclipse now? And I was like moving some stuff. Like, I don't know. It was, it was like at the middle of like, or the beginning of moving stuff. And I was like, clips. <laughs> Not seeing anything. And I just like went about my day. <laughs> like, I don't see nothing. <laughs> looks normal to me. Sorry, <laughs> college boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 So we oh, haven't, yeah. yeah. We don't have a whole lot of good stories that are like juicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because our shows are so far and few between too um are you going to bend for a full tour or are you just going there uh just the one show yeah we're gonna try to get one more show we are gonna try yeah. to get another one. on there maybe i mean maybe in portland we'll see mm-hmm. um but yeah it'll cool. be fun yeah cool that's that's kind of the shitty thing about being a uh, teachers is that like a full tour is like kind of out of the question uh, summers for- well, we work in the summer or else we don't get paid. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's something you have to like super plan for. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Like like two or three years. I mean, advance. that goes with any tour. Like we're like, you know, tour is something you have to prepare for. But yeah. like it's just something like with our work schedules, we have to like actually prep. Like, okay, I'm not going to teach this semester, this summer yeah. semester. So let me save money. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I know. In general. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> in general. So far, it's well, thanks. Overall. <laughs> Uh, where can people find your music on the internet? Uh, is it Tutors One? Right? Yes, it yes. is. Tutors One. Oh, Tutors you one. know already. So I have to ask though. Tutors One. <laughs> well, you you go to tutorsone.bandcamp.com forward slash. Um, and also we have an Instagram now. We are uh, tutors. We are tutors at Instagram. T U D O R S. T U D O R S. Yes, yes. And our Bandcamp link is in our profile, so it's right there. It's really easy to access. Yeah, we're also on Facebook. Oh yeah, Facebook and, as well. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else? We have a video on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> which you can find on our Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> just go to Facebook. Just, just you find us. Yeah, that's, there. that's how just I found everything. the link because yeah. I did tutors.bandcamp.com. That was a different band. I was going to say, did you yeah. find it was some like Midwest band? Yes. Yeah. I found I them like, too. I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> They're like super recorded. Yeah, so make yeah, sure you have the uh, one. Tutors yes, one. Tutors one. one. Thank you. Yes. Right. Listen to Karina. <laughs> she, knows, she knows more about our band than we do. <laughs> I have to do research. <laughs> cool. Uh, can you close us out with one last song, please? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Which one? Eviction. Eviction. All right. Fun fact, this is James's favorite song of ours. James Goldman? James, James Goldman, who also produced and mixed and mastered our album. Mm. Uh, is it because this one's more metal than the rest of Kind of. <laughs> like, uh, he was mixing it and stuff, and he... Because uh, we, uh, our friend Kevin, he was supposed to mix it for us, but he also teaches, so he was, like, super busy. And we told James about it, and he was like, oh, I have a studio now. Like, you could just come to me, and I'll, like, mix everything for you guys, and blah, blah, for, like, a, a nice price or whatever. And he kept, like, messaging me, like, every day about it. So and I was, I was like, all right, fuck it. Here, like, take it, and then mix it. And, like, he was really good about it too like we professional and like he helped us out for everything he made it sound good like or like as good as it can be for like us recording it ourselves but uh <laughs> this one he was like dude this song's so fucking brutal and i'm like okay cool oh, that's you. that's exactly what he would <laughs> say <laughs> <laughs> but like well, we played a beatnik recently and he uh he was like waiting for us to play that song, and then uh, apparently he, went, he took a he went out to take a smoking break, and Aww. then we started playing the song. And he like just stomped out the cigarette and ran Aww. back in, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you like a song?" Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Told you. Fuck out of my house. That's right. Told you. Fuck out of my house. That's right. Told you. Fuck out of my house. That's right. Told you. Fuck out of my house. You wait. I'll come. You wait. I'll stay. That's right. Told you. Fuck out of my face.
Cool. Do you feel good? Feel good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This Super is really fun. This is nice. Us. This is cool. Great. This is a great thing. You're doing good. a great thing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Living Room. This week, our guest was Tutors, and you can find them at tutors1.bandcamp.com. The Living Room was created by Lucas Cathy and Karuna Taylor, recorded by Matt Sturgis and Jeremy Scott at the Palisades, and produced by Hannah Mraz. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you prefer. If you have questions or would like to chat with us, email thelivingroompodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Special thanks goes to Chris Chenanguchi for helping on social media, the residents of the Palisades for dealing with our noise, and of course, thank you for listening. Thank you.